his bank funds were tied up temporarily in a Canadian bank. He wrote Dorothy a check for $10,000, and she gave him her check for the same amount. He said he wanted to book reservations for a round-the-world trip for both of them. I see. The same day Dorothy gave him the check, he cashed it. The bank called her about it, and she said it was perfectly all right. An hour after he cashed it, Reynolds disappeared. No trace of him. Of course, his check's worthless. We found that out. Mm Mm-hmm. And you figured that's the only reason your sister took her own life? There's no other reason. Wasn't the money so much. Dorothy has her share of the estate. It's a shame, I suppose. Awful shame. Disappointment. She should have known better a woman her age. Had your sister ever been married before, Miss Wagner? Yes. When she was 18... Ran off to Chicago and married a young fellow. She claimed she loved him, too. Naturally, he was after our money. My father and I went and brought her home. We had the marriage annulled. It was that way all her life. Half a dozen men. They brought Dorothy nothing but misery. And this was the last, this Charles Reynolds. How about his background, ma'am? His business connections. He ever mention any of that to you or your sister? Claimed he had interests all over. South America, Australia. Seemed to have plenty of money. Guess his kind always has. Do you think you'll find him? We're going to try, Miss Wagner. Dorothy went upstairs to her bedroom and stayed there. She looks so strange. She took out some pressed flowers from a book. Some boy had given them to her once years ago. Don't know who. She just sat on the edge of her bed and stared at them, old pressed flowers. Next morning, the maid came upstairs and Dorothy was lying on the floor. Empty bottle of pills next to her. Awful disgrace. Never happened before in our family. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind, Miss Wagner, we'd like to get as many particulars about this man Reynolds as you can remember. There. That's the last. I don't know what else to tell you, officer. All I know is I was young when Dorothy was young. I could have had a man if I wanted. But I didn't run off when I was 18 to marry a boy. I knew my duty. It wasn't proper. It wasn't a love. I didn't run off as a middle-aged woman to marry a fortune hunter either. What made her do it? I wouldn't know, ma'am. She was your sister. What kind of a man was he? What kind of a mind? Making love, kissing her, just to take her money. Imagine selling somebody with a kiss. Well, it's not the first time, ma'am. Is that so? Look it up. You'll find it in the Bible. Eleven eighteen a.m. We continued to interview the victim's sister for another 40 minutes, and then we left the Wagner home, drove back to the office, and continued our investigation of the suspect, Charles R. Reynolds. As far as we were concerned, the criminal was new to us, but the crime wasn't. The marriage racket's as old as any con game on earth, and as con games go, it's one of the lowest. It trades on one of the most natural and normal instincts a man or a woman has, a desire for companionship, a home, and a family. And for the sake of an easy dollar, it betrays the victim and the instinct ruthlessly, regardless of the consequences. In the case of 42-year-old heiress Dorothy Wagner, the disappointment was too much to cope with. For her, the marriage game ended in the front parlor of a mortuary on South Hoover Street. For the suspect, Charles Reynolds, it had continued to be a paying business until he was stopped. After homicide detail completed their investigation of the case, and it was definitely determined that Dorothy Wagner took her own life, The matter was turned over to us. 11.50 a.m. We got off a request to Las Vegas asking them for all the information on the marriage. And then I contacted the stats office and asked them to make a run on the suspect for us based on his detailed description and also on his method of operation. I went back down the hall and met Ed Jacobs at the R&I counter. How you doing? 
Not too much luck, Joe. Forger didn't come up with anything either. Nothing on him in their files. I mean, it's not much of a start, is it? Apparently, this is the first time he's worked the town. Hornsby couldn't find anything on the name, not in the main file anyway. Mm -hmm. What do you got there? I asked John to check the correspondence file. He came up with this. Uh-huh. Out of Chicago, huh? Yeah, he came in over three months ago. Inquiry from their bunco detail. Suspect name right here, Frank L. Richland. Yeah, same angle, Mary Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the M.O.'s pretty close. Any description? Oh, well, here. What do you think? Six foot, 170 pounds, gray, wavy hair, blue eyes, fair complexion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fairly close, could be. Mm-hmm. There's the alias list Richland uses, as long as your arm. Here's one caught our eye, Reynolds. Alias George A. Reynolds, Thomas R. Reynolds, alias C.H. Reynolds, alias Charles R. Reynolds. Mm. Wants on him for forgery, bunco, grand theft. A lot of experience. How about a mugshot on this one? Mm. None attached. No L.A. contacts either. Well, we better get off a wire to Chicago PD, have them send us what they can on him. Yeah. Want to prove it one way or the other by the end of the week.